You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of Us needs and appreciates all your support. the screenwriters of the Deadpool movie, there's an expectation that what you're about to watch will be irreverent and hilarious in darkly funny ways. When you have the director of Top Gun Maverick, you have an expectation as well. You can assume that you're going to see some crazy good action set pieces. And then there are Netflix movies, which have come with an expectation all their own. You can expect a Netflix movie is going to fall just short of being cinema-worthy, but you won't be able to say exactly why. But what happens when you combine all these three variables? Well, in that case, you get Spiderhead, starring Miles Teller and Chris Hemsworth. Spiderhead takes place in a futuristic research facility where prisoners of serious crimes are offered an alternative to hard time. They can take part in a series of drug tests conducted by Steve Abnesti, played by Hemsworth. These tests use chemicals to manipulate human behavior, lust and fear, honesty, or obedience. The drugs in question have witty names that associate with their effects, like Darkenflox makes people think dark, horrible things, and Verbulence enhances the language centers. Vivistiff works like Viagra. Jeff, played by Miles Teller, finds himself questioning the reality of his emotions and sets out to discover the truth of these tests and this strange man behind them. Plenty of fodder here for some dark satire on the pharmaceutical industry, but did the Deadpool and Top Gun team up with Thor and Mr. Fanforstick overcome, <laughs> overcome the Netflixisms? I am TCD Wood of the Screener Squad, and to answer that question... I'm joined with my subjects in this experimentation, Sarah Jane. Acknowledge. Jenna. I do not acknowledge. Howdy ho there, neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> and Chad. Spiderhead, Spiderhead, let's do all the drugs in Spiderhead. <laughs> all right, well, squad, what do we think? Spiderhead, Spider-yay, or Spider-dead? Spider... eh? <laughs> it's interesting that you bring up like Netflix's history of making films that are just borderline, could be great films, but end up being trash. For this, I was really excited because I actually knew of the short story. This is a short story. Mm -hmm. From the New Yorker, which is weirdly one of the production labels at the front of this movie. Yes. Yeah, that was weird. I was like, what? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's where I read it first for free because you only get so many articles for free per month. And I was really excited because this sounded like a great premise for a movie. But I'm actually going to blame the screenwriters and the director on this one. Yeah, I could not get into it because I think it wasn't casted properly. I, I didn't know mm -hmm. whether this was like a comedy, a satire, or a drama. And then I don't care what you say. I love Miles Teller and I also love Journey Smollett. But they are some fine ass inmates. 
I want to know what jail <laughs> this is. Because they were just too... I'm like, where do you find these inmates from? Like, I just... I'll let these two murder me. <laughs> right? I don't care why they're in prison. <laughs> Maybe Chad and Sarah, you guys may have a different perspective. I'll let you take over. But yeah, I have some choice verbulence for this film. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love Journey Smollett. She was in one of my favorite shows, Lovecraft yes, Country. Yes. So she was so good in that. And Miles Teller... Obviously, coming off a of Top Gun Maverick. Uh, what was uh, War Dogs? Was that the movie where he plays like an yeah, arms dealer? War Dogs, Whiplash. Yeah. He's got some good movies under his belt. I listen, I agree with TC and the bar that Netflix sets for its movies is very low. This is definitely near that bar, but I didn't get quite as annoyed as I have with previous outings like it had a beginning and in the end my actually my major problem with this movie is the fact that they set up like this cool put five different like pop songs from the past 50 years loaded in the first 10 minutes and then there's like nothing because it gets all serious and then it comes back near the end the juxtaposition between the score and the soundtrack is like two different people were working on this movie because you're right the soundtrack has some cool Toe tappers, good yeah. head bobbers in here. And then the score is like deadly serious, which lends to the problem with the actors as well, whereas Miles Teller is taking this very seriously. Mm-hmm. And Chris Hemsworth, while he can pull off comedy in certain ways, we've seen that in, strangely, he's the funniest part of Ghostbusters 2016. And we've, of course, seen his comedic stylings in Thor. Here, he does feel miscast. He, I think he was one of my problems with the movie. I like Hemsworth a lot. It just felt wrong. And his accent sometimes, because I'm pretty sure that most people that live in Prescott, Arizona, don't pronounce it Prescott. And he did that like four times. And I'm like, come on. He must be taking Accentual and it was messy. <laughs> I mean, he looked great. I mean, that haircut, that haircut is perfect. It's almost like Edson Mount. <laughs> I-, I love Chris Hemsworth, too. There's never a bad time to look at Chris Hemsworth. No. Mm-hmm. And he produced this. Yeah, this is the second movie we've watched off of Netflix that he has he produced. produced. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. this is another issue where you have a big name attached to it, but unlike someone like Tom Cruise, who is well-seasoned as actor, but also has a chops of a producer and has a chops as, I would even say, a director to some degree, mm-hmm. Chris Hemsworth is not that multi-talented. And I feel like the director kind of just gave folks like carte blanche, like, hey, do what you want. I trust you guys. And it's like, mm-mm, girl, I'm going to need you to direct. <laughs> you came here as a director. It just wasn't cohesive. Like, I feel like everybody was on different pages. Exactly. Like what Chad said, I this isn't the worst mm-hmm. Netflix film. I've seen a lot worse. But I also think that they just took everything kind of at surface level. I don't know if they did consult the original writer and kind of get a little bit deeper into the themes and what the writer was saying, because we've seen a lot of great films come from short stories Mm -hmm. and a Mm -hmm. lot of sci-fi come from short stories and we get great films, but this just, I just, it was too long for the subject matter in my opinion. And the editing was just kind of weird and, Miles Teller, man, mm, there was that one scene in there, and I was like, man, that's a lucky actress. (laughs) You know, Miles Teller, he'll give it to you every time, and he did take this way more seriously than Chris Hemsworth. And Chris Hemsworth, again, another great actor who I feel like if you give him the right direction, he would do it amazingly well. 
I actually liked him as his character, but I felt like the way the character was written for this script was not written for Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, nobody's doing a bad job here. Everyone mm-hmm. involved from on screen and behind the screen. It feels like everybody's doing a good job, but nobody's making the same movie. This movie proves the X factor in both the director and the screenwriter's filmography. And it's the creative genius of Ryan Reynolds or Tom Cruise. Those two are the reason that Deadpool or Top Gun Maverick are what they are. As they say in the movie, pressure forms diamonds, right? Deadpool. <laughs> And Top Gun Maverick are diamonds of films because of the pressure those specific creative forces have placed upon Kaczynski, the director, or Ryan Reynolds' places on the screenwriters for Deadpool. They bring in a certain amount of pressure and demand that crafts really, really good films. So I feel like there's a missing factor here where Miles Teller, Chris Hemsworth, those aren't creative forces, They are great. They are great in the stuff that is really suited for them. They thrive time and time again. And there just was that missing pressure to make this good. And and maybe it is consulting Rhett Reese, who is this darkly funny satirical essayist that you can look up this short story at the very least to see what kind of style he has that's just missing from this movie. Because it's not funny. <laughs> I just like it. Funny enough, I love Chris Hemsworth in this film. Especially towards the end. Uh, that was a hell of an ending. That was a hell of a send-off. I just don't know what type of movie this was supposed to be. Especially if you're speaking about experimentation on prisoners, which is an actual historical mm-hmm. thing that has happened within this country. Mm-hmm. That is not funny. I didn't know what to take from it, but you know... They're hot people, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just looking up uh, the movie on Wikipedia, and there are eight producers on this movie. And so maybe that's the issue. Too many cooks in the kitchen. You know, not executive producers. It just says produced by... And there's eight people. Too many cooks. No, don't do that. (laughs) Again... I'm not I'm not saying this is the best movie ever. Like I, I thought about it today. Like I definitely wouldn't rewatch this. Like I definitely got the story mm-hmm. and I got the twists and turns. So it's not rewatchable. But the character that Hemsworth plays, I've I've had that type of boss before. Like even though he's not really a boss, he is sort of like the cool camp counselor, the guy that just wants to be your buddy because he knows later when he's really gonna push you. He's going to use that as leverage, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm. And I've worked with people like that. And I guess that's how I connected more to this movie, where I saw the manipulation tactics mm-hmm. and the lying. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, you know, the big man upstairs isn't going to like this, but I can try and go ask. And it, it's all bullshit. <laughs> uh, Don't call me Mr. Amnesty. Call me Steve. I'm Steve. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm your pal. And, like, there's even a point where they hang out. And basically, I, I, at first I thought they were getting high, but they're just doing one of the drugs together, which is basically the same thing. <laughs> and and he's really just trying to, like, pull them back and make them relax. And it's not so bad. And aren't we friends? Like, those are the little things that a really shitty boss will tell you Mm -hmm. because they want to manipulate you or not even just a boss, just like somebody in your life. Mm -hmm. Not that people can't be nice and be that way, but uh, eventually you start to see through sinister motives behind. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing. This movie does have a lot of really great ideas in it. And as I said, everybody's doing a great job, but it never cohesively meshes together. Mm -hmm. There's a subplot about, shit finger someone who is pooping and writing on the walls that's really funny 
but it's so weirdly placed sometimes. There's really dark stories behind why uh, Smollett's there or why Teller is there, where it's like, oh, God, there's nothing, nothing, nothing funny about what's being said here. And then you go back to Chris Hemsworth, who is having fun naming his drugs and the, the effects that they have on people. And then weird, blurry sex scenes and then really violent scenes. And it's this very strange mishmash of all these ideas and tones that never truly come together. Maybe if I was on something, <laughs> I would find the connectivity. Yeah. Connective tall. Yeah. When are they going to stop putting Miles Teller through car crashes? <laughs> I mean, he had one in <laughs> real life. You could see the scars yeah. on his face and his neck, and it was the exact same crash that they put him in in this movie. And I'm like, oh, my God, poor guy. Maybe that's what drew him to the part. Is oh, man, I didn't know that. I thought that was just like, I thought like it was a bad makeup job. Like, I almost uh, thought his scars should have been more going through mm -hmm. a fucking window. Mm -hmm. Um I didn't realize he was in a real car crash, and that yeah, those are his yeah, real scars. It was bad. Yeah, it's like Luke Skywalker back in the day, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not a huge Miles Teller fan, but I just watched ten hours of him in the Offer. It's his, it's his project. He's the star, and so did you want to say it was his vehicle and then stop yourself? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. No, I hate puns. So no, but he's he was great in that, and he won me over. And when I saw him in Top Gun, I'm like. Yeah. All right, Miles. Sarah Jane, you have to see him in Whiplash. Like, oh, I did. I did. I, oh, watched yeah, I was like, that was, that's when I knew. I was like, okay, this white boy, I will have all his babies. <laughs> <laughs> I, can I just circle back to the music? Because you guys mentioned it. Sure. I feel like half of the budget of this movie was spent on the Yacht Rock. Oh, totally. Yacht Rock. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was kind of Yacht Rocky. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good soundtrack. I would have preferred more juxtaposition with those types of songs, with some of the imagery that they were making. But none of that imagery, like like the really truly weird and messed up stuff doesn't come until the second act. Mm -hmm. But by that time, all those songs are gone and we just get the score. Yeah. And I, I felt like they set an expectation in the beginning and I thought that was going to carry through. And no, it just kind of like stops. Until it does come back in the climax, they have a song playing over the speakers while this madness is happening in a different form film or this film just tonally consistent that would have been a very exciting laughable in the right ways climax to this film but instead we just went an hour without any other pop songs without any other mm -hmm. weird juxtaposed imagery to sound and then when it comes back in it just feels weird yeah. they set it up in the beginning like it's going to be that type of movie we tarantino this and we're going deep cuts on this and we're going to play music and line it up with some really cool shots and, and it's literally like five songs in a row within the first seven minutes of the film and that's gone. You guys hate this movie with a passion that burns deep in your hearts. I get it. <laughs> to me, <laughs> I'm, not not saying I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm kidding. I'm not saying that. I am. <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> that's my biggest problem with it. The movie is subpar, but I don't know. I, I'm getting. I maybe overall, I'm getting tired of watching a Netflix movie, and my immediate review is, yeah, yeah. You know, like I feel like I need to start being a little bit more critical because I feel like we've created this dead zone that we're throwing all these Netflix movies into. Like, it's all the same. It's all the same shit. And it's not. Like, these are artists. These are people that work hard. So this is me trying to... And I'm not saying you guys can't bash a movie if you don't like it with with The Rage of a Thousand Suns. But <laughs> I, I've watched a few of these Netflix movies now for this show and it just feels like 
my reviews end up being the same thing. So I, I feel like I'm trying harder, being a better me. Why don't you try a little harder to put a number on this then? Let's hear what your rating is. <laughs> I, I'm not going to give it a big number. I'd say it's not rewatchable, but I'll say six and a half out of ten freaking self-love drug trips. <laughs> yeah. Something Chad's very familiar with. I'm oh, sure. totally. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a bad trip with these drugs and let's see what Jenna has to say. I thought these words would never leave my mouth, but the Cloverfield Paradox, I forgive you after this Oh, movie. no. Uh, Come on. Yeah, yeah, man. Because you know what? I'm all here for a quote-unquote bad movie, right? Within one of my favorite film series. But at least it knew what type of movie it was supposed to be, right? <laughs> it wasn't the greatest, but at least it stuck with what it was supposed to be. And another honorable mention that I'll give Netflix for is In the Tall Grass. There's a lot of films that Netflix have made that aren't crappy mm-hmm. and they know what they want to be. But I think with Netflix, they have this aesthetic of a high production value, thinking that will supersede a shitty script, incoherent editing. I'm all here for trippy, non-linear films, right? And I'm here for really bad B-movies. But there's a charm to those films. And there's a way to do those films in a way where they can be enjoyable, The script writing in here was just not that great. I didn't have any emotional resonance with any of the characters. There were a couple of on-death scenes on here that I felt were just handled really poorly, especially because of the topics they were covering. It was just kind of all over the place, which sucks. Because again, the short story, I think, was a great stepping stone for a really dope sci-fi kind of dark satire. When they had all the right names for it. But again, I think this one is more so on folks who helmed this project and less on Netflix who financed and released it. So if you, this actually, I would waste a blunt on this. I absolutely (laughs) would. I think you should get really, really stoned. Happy Juneteenth, everybody. Mm -hmm. This is the movie you watch after you've done your laundry and you're kind of ready to go to bed and you need something to kind of like get you to go to sleep. This is that type of film. So (laughs) my rating for this film actually would be five out of 10 times. I appreciated Midsommar's drug scenes so much more than this film. (laughs) Very good. Sarah? Well, I think that Jenna was right. This film looked really good. They're outside sometimes. And so the, I don't even know where they were. It says Australia. But Queensland, yeah. Is that where those islands were? Yeah. Anyway, it was really beautiful. The aesthetics and the music. And that's where they just blew all their money. Um, I did appreciate Hemsworth even more when he did his little dancing scene. <laughs> and I wish that had gone on for like 20 more minutes. <laughs> I did watch this last night, though, Jenna, as I was about to go to sleep. And yeah, it worked. It helped me to be ready for sleeping. I, I didn't hate it. You know, it's fine. That's basically what I can say about it. Everybody was fine in it, except for Hemsworth accent bothered me. But anyway, I, I really don't have very much to say other than that. I'm going to give this six bingo cards out of ten. Very good. Well, I am echoing a lot of what's being said here by all three of you. This movie does not make me mad. I do not hate this movie with the fury of any sons whatsoever. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not mad at this movie. I'm, I'm disappointed with this movie, if I'm being of honest. Of course. And that's worse, isn't it? Yes. Black Mirror has set a bar for stories like Ooh. this. This condensed down to 45 minutes, 
50 minutes, less than an hour. Charlie Brooker in command of this would fill that missing X Factor slot that Kaczynski had for Top Gun and the screenwriters had for Deadpool. There is talent here. I really do like Miles Teller, and I really like Chris Hemsworth quite a bit. None of us think they did a bad job in this, but none of this talent from all points ever combines into what could be a great film. It's a disappointment. I like everyone involved here, and I just wish they could have found a way to make a movie that hits like Limitless or Vivarium or Ex Machina. But as it is, it just falls short for me, and I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10 communal food bowls you might want to reconsider eating from. Cliffhanger. All right, and with that said, I would now like to bring this review to a close. Can I please get an acknowledge from everyone involved? Sarah Jane? Acknowledge. Jenna? Acknowledge. Very good. And Chad? Chad? No. Chad? No, I can't. Chad, you need to acknowledge the end of this review. Mm. Look mm. look at me. Chad, mm. Buddy. Buddy, mm. hey, come on, pal. We're friends here. Come on. You Dark and We're friends. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Since, yeah. since we're friends, I acknowledge. Th- th- thank you. All right. Acknowledged. <laughs>